0: pollard in his introductory talk at the beginning of september reported just how often the new testament refers to occasions when the church physically met together to pray as brian pointed out uh, there was individual prayer taking place but also a lot of praying together and that point for me, was very powerfully echoed last week by the extraordinary Hugo Anson. you'll remember his graphic explanation when talking about the early church, which was under such threat from the authorities uh, of them being together, being together and praying for the release of Peter from prison these followers of the way as they were called at the time were meeting together to pray at a time when it would have seemed that simple common sense would suggest that everyone should be more safely dispersed than praying individually at home on the second sunday of september we had simon boddington's interpretation of jacob's dream i think many of us have heard and aware of Jacob's ladder and we know the story but how many sermons have you heard about it Uh, for me it's just that one and I loved Simon's picture of the ladder with angel messengers ascending and descending carrying messages between earth and heaven and the thought that now we have a still better way to communicate with god through the gift of the holy spirit being with us as we pray and that all this can happen in a place and a time when you might least expect it there are of course the practicalities of prayer that's something uh, i certainly find quite difficult and i don't think i'm alone in that it's natural and good that we want to ask well what's the best way to pray uh, we're certainly not alone in that after all it was one of the first questions the disciples asked Jesus and he taught us what we know as the Lord's Prayer but having said that we also make it too complicated for ourselves there is no single right way to pray we have different personalities and different approaches work for different people what works well for one person may not be so good for another. Uh, Billy Graham used to say, pray as you can, not as you can't. And many Christian teachers have offered similar advice. But there is one terribly obvious thing to say about it. Uh, There are times where we need to be mindful about prayer. We need to give it attention. In the past, you may have heard me mention the 17th century monk, Brother Lawrence. He wasn't a church leader. He wasn't a theologian. He spent decades doing the most menial of tasks, looking after the brother's sandals and working in the kitchen. His thoughts were published under the title, the practice and presence of God and he wrote this the time of business does not with me differ from the time of prayer and in the noise and clatter of the kitchen while several persons at the same time are calling for different things I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were upon my knees prayer is often best when it takes the form of a conversation with god as the day progresses of prayer brother lawrence said you need not cry very loud he is nearer to us than we think but he also spoke of the discipline of prayer he says this often in the beginning you will think that you're wasting time but you must go on be determined and persevere in it despite all the difficulties so While he incorporated prayer into life's everyday activities, the day also had a routine uh, with regular time set aside for prayer. And uh, the monk's pattern of prayer reflected that of our Lord himself. Individual prayer, but also praying together. Now, I know we're not monks, but perhaps we should more closely follow that pattern of prayer that the Lord Uh, uh, performed then there's the question of the words we use when we pray to some people it it all seems to come very easily but others of us find it useful to use set prayers because uh, they sometimes express what we want to say in words that we feel are better than the words that we ourselves can come up with but Let's not forget what Lynn Edge shared with us in our WhatsApp group. And you may remember that she repeated it in the service she led in August. Lynn reminded us that God already knows the needs of everyone. We don't even have to know the difficulties that someone might be facing when we feel led to pray for them. Simply to know their name is enough to pray for them and you know there are times when even a name isn't necessary why because God already knows he already knows the needs of all of us and he already knows our hearts and what we want to say Uh, but finding the right words to express ourselves isn't just to do with naming or identifying other people and their needs there are times when we just don't have or know any words to fully express our feelings and sometimes we can't find the words we need because we don't always even know what we should actually be praying about it's at such times I think that we need to remind ourselves that We're not praying alone. Lynn reminded us that when we pray, the Spirit of Christ himself is praying with us, and even words and our expression need not be a constraint. And, of course, in some instances, God provides individual Christians with the special gift of a special language, speaking in tongues. But our responsibility is give prayer a go to keep on keeping on and to give that attention to the most important person in our lives our church leadership team has its next meeting on the 12th of october so we'd like you to share any practical ideas and thoughts you may have as to how as a community of christians here in Milford, we might find ways to strengthen our faith through prayer. Now, if you can, let's stand once more. Uh, two verses of Come, Let Us Sing of a Wonderful Love. It's the first and last verse. Uh, Simon Boddington has asked me to talk about the peace of prayer this morning and I felt, I felt especially honoured when Simon gave me this passage as the theme for today. Uh, Simon couldn't have the slightest idea why I feel that way. If you look at the screen, you'll see a slightly grubby scrap of paper with today's Bible passage. I have it up in the kitchen where it's been for getting on the past nine years. When I was clearing out the contents of my parents' house after my father died in 2014, this slightly dog-eared scrap was pinned up next to the sink in the kitchen. It had been there for decades. It was certainly there when my mother was alive and she passed away in the early 2000s. I had the great blessing of parents who, as they aged, became ever more kind and gracious and I've always been inclined to think that one of the reasons was that they set great store by this inspirational advice that the Apostle Paul gave to the church at Philippi and they constantly reminded themselves of it. At the heart of this passage is the wonderful reassurance that whatever is happening in the world around us through prayer petition and thanksgiving in Christ we can have the blessing of peace peace is surely one of the universal longings of our human hearts unless we've given ourselves over to evil everyone wants peace we want peace in the world, and we want peace in our lives. And what do we mean when we say we want peace? While well, we may think of it in terms of world peace, the absence of conflict between nations and races. We also may think of it in terms of our own personal relationships, our friendships in our homes and our families. And, of course, there's that other profound longing we have. We want to feel peace and restfulness in our minds and in our hearts. Anxiety is perhaps the greatest disruptor of happiness, satisfaction and fulfilment there is. You'd really have thought with all the undoubted advances of our Western lives, we'd have a greater sense of satisfaction than we have. But the opposite for many of us seems to be the case. All the survey evidence is that people are becoming more anxious, not less anxious. Twice as many people in the UK are undergoing medical treatment for anxiety-related disorders as was the case 25 years ago and uh, more of us are getting anxious. It's important at this point to say that Christians who feel extreme anxiety shouldn't cover up and avoid medical treatment when it's needed. There are times when a combination of medical treatment and prayer is what's needed. But you only have to go online for a few minutes or pick up a newspaper to get an immediate sense of our culture's focus on so much that is negative and uh, the way we uh, always look for someone to blame. It's so easy to end up wallowing in misery. You'll see that Paul in this passage is telling us what we need to do to create the right environment for peace. First, He urges us to be thankful, and, and to be thankful whatever the circumstances we find ourselves in. He advocates gentleness in the ways we deal with each other, and also to celebrate everything that's good and positive in life. And I think it's impossible to add anything much to Paul's own words. Whatever's true noble right pure lovely admirable if anything is excellent and praiseworthy then think about such things paul here is writing to the church in philippi and he may have had well he did have a particular reason for writing about peace he wants to see reconciliation between Uh, the women Euodia and Syntyche who are almost certainly leaders in the church and have fallen out with each other his wish that they will experience peace in their relationships with each other is not unique to these particular people or that particular church because there are times when it happens in many churches it certainly happened with us here in Milford at the beginning of pretty much every one of paul's letters he says something along these lines he says grace and peace to you and i don't think it's just a general meaningless salutation i feel sure that paul is being more than just polite both grace and peace are at the very heart of our faith and from god's grace flows our peace Well, let's continue to pray together now as we sing. It's such a lovely song for the way it reminds us to do what the Apostle Peter recommends. Cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. Um, I love the uh, translation by the New Testament translator J.B. Phillips. He puts it like this. You can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him. For you are his personal concern. Uh, We'll remain seated as we sing. Thank you. You will remember how Jesus' parting gift to us was peace. Peace I leave with you, he said. My peace I give to you. But as Christians, what should we expect peace to mean? Jesus goes on to say, Not as the world gives you, do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus isn't there promising the absence of conflict in our lives, but he is offering a kind of peace the world can't give. You will remember how Jesus said to his disciples, in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So we're not thinking about peace in terms of no conflict, no fighting, never any disharmony. Ultimately, the vision that scripture gives us of peace will include that. There is a day coming when all wars and all fighting will cease, But the absence of conflict alone isn't peace. Uh, The peace that Christ offers us isn't the peace of the graveyard. Uh, uh, True, in the graveyard there's no conflict. There's very little activity. We read on gravestones, rest in peace. Uh, But the biblical image of peace is more like a garden, than a graveyard. It's a place where there's life, where there's flourishing, where there's bounty, where there's fruitfulness in every conceivable way. Think Garden of Eden. That's God's offer of peace. I was uh, brought up in the city of Bristol, and weekend days would uh, sometimes involve a walk in the nearby Mendip Hills, including a visit there to Burrington Coombe, that's a valley and a gorge cut into the limestone rock. There's a fissure in the rock, just wide enough for a person to squeeze into, a cleft where the Anglican priest and hymn writer Augustus Toplady is said to have sheltered from a severe thunderstorm. And that experience is often said to have been the inspiration for Top Lady's hymn, Rock of Ages. That's the sort of piece that Paul is referring to. Shelter when we're surrounded by the storms of life. Let the water and the blood from thy riven side which flowed be of sin a double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power. Shelter when we're surrounded by the storms of life and our own sinful nature. Peace with God comes through the blood of Christ, it comes through the gospel. In fact, the gospel is called the gospel of peace in Romans 10. The gospel of peace, the glad tidings of good things. The Hebrew word that is often translated as peace and is used in this passage is shalom. Uh, many of us will remember Joe Takuni explaining to us what that really means to a Jew. It's a vision of universal flourishing, wholeness and delight. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. You'll remember how Jesus said to his disciples in john 16 i have said these things that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart i have overcome the world uh, the word guard that's used in the passage we're looking at this morning it's the idea of a garrison he means that the spirit of christ will fill us bringing with it the peace of God, so that even in the most difficult circumstances, when the world around us seems to be falling apart, the peace of God can fortify our hearts so that we still know calm and serenity and tranquility. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, uh, which seems completely irrational, the peace of God, will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. We also get our peace as our minds are fixed on God. It's one of the main purposes and benefits of prayer. Uh, Listen to Isaiah. He says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And a psalmist tells us, I will set the Lord always before me. Therefore, I will not be greatly moved. Well, enough from me this morning. Let me simply echo the words of Jesus when he says, my peace I leave with you. And of the Apostle Paul, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and the god of peace will be with you well we're coming to the end of our service after